0: Our children still have a, a sense of, of, of right and wrong, and right is indeed right, and wrong is indeed wrong. You know, our, our children still have a sense of fairness and what's fair and unfair. Uh, and, and our children still have have a belief that the world can be transformed, radically transformed. And so for me, being able to engage with with people who have such a clear sense of, of, of justice and injustice, uh, of, of, of the potential for transformation is what sort of inspires me to, to write books for children.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. Today's incredible guest is Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. He's here to talk about his nonfiction book for caregivers How to Raise an Anti Racist. Dr. Kendi is the Andrew W. Mellon Professor in the Humanities at Boston University and the founding director of the BU Center for Anti Racist Research. He is a contributing writer at The Atlantic and a CBS News racial justice contributor. He is the host of the new action podcast, Be Anti-Racist. Dr. Kendi is the author of many, many, many highly acclaimed books, including Stamped from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America, which won the National Book Award for Nonfiction, making him the youngest ever winner of that award. He has also produced, wait for it, Five straight number one New York Times bestsellers, including *How to Be an Anti-Racist*, *Anti-Racist Baby*, and *Stamped: Racism, Anti-Racism, and You*, co-authored by Jason Reynolds. In 2020, Time Magazine named Dr. Kendi one of the 100 most influential people in the world. He was awarded a 2021 MacArthur Fellowship, popularly known as the Genius Grant. Before we dive in, here's the synopsis for How to Raise an Anti-Racist. A New York Times bestseller, the book that every parent, caregiver, and teacher needs to raise the next generation of anti-racist thinkers from the author of How to Be an Anti-Racist and recipient of the MacArthur Genius Grant. The tragedies and reckonings around racism that are rocking the country have created a specific crisis for parents, educators, and other caregivers. How do we talk to our children about racism? How do we teach children to be anti-racist? How are kids at different ages experiencing race? How are racist structures impacting children? How can we inspire our children to avoid our mistakes to be better to make the world better these are the questions dr kendy found himself avoiding as he anticipated the birth of his first child like most parents or parents-to-be he felt the reflex to not talk to his child about racism which he feared would stain her innocence and steal away her joy but research and experience changed his mind and he realized that raising his child to be anti-racist would actually protect his child and preserve her innocence and joy. He realized that teaching students about the reality of racism and the myth of race provides a protective education in our diverse and unequal world. He realized that building anti-racist societies safeguards all children from the harms of racism. Following the accessible genre of his internationally best-selling How to Be an Anti-Racist, Dr. Kendi combines a century of scientific research with a vulnerable and compelling personal narrative of his own journey as a parent and as a child in school. The chapters follow the stages of child development from pregnancy to toddler to school kid to teenager. It is never too early or too late to start raising young people to be anti-racist. Welcome to the Growing Readers podcast, Dr. Kendi. I am so honored to have you on the show today.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me.
1: So we really could focus on any of your previously released books, your new releases, or your upcoming books for kids, like Goodnight Racism or Magnolia Flower with that stunning artwork by Love is Wise or Anti-Racist Baby. But it felt to me that the best way to honor all of your books and to put emphasis on the importance of reading your children's books to kids is to focus on some of the themes from a book you wrote for caregivers, which is How to Raise an Anti-Racist. So I love to read books in which. When I'm done with it, I can walk away with some personal growth. And how to raise an anti racist was 100% such a book for me. So I thought maybe a great starting place would be to begin by establishing an understanding of the term anti racist. And I'm hoping you'll speak to the difference between maybe proclaiming as being not racist or anti racist.
0: Sure. Well, I think it's to to be anti-racist is to recognize the racial groups as equals and to also recognize if there are disparities, racial disparities between these racialized groups in our communities, in our nations, then it's not because there's something better or worse Superior or inferior about a particular racial group, the the cause of those disparities are racist policies and practices. And to be anti-racist is to contribute in in our own small way to seeking to abolish those racist policies and practices and and creating equitable policies and practices for us all. And unfortunately, we. Are raised to we are not necessarily raised to recognize the racial groups as equals. And we're also raised to believe that we are, that we are not racist. <laughs> so typically, when people say a racist idea or support a racist policy, and someone else points it out, the typical response that we have is, no, no, I'm not racist, or I can't be racist. But to be anti-racist is actually to acknowledge the times in which we're being racist, not necessarily thinking of the term racist or even anti-racist as these fixed categories. These aren't these aren't terms that describe who we are. They describe what we're being in any given moment. They're almost like peelable name tags. And so we have to acknowledge when we're being racist so we can stop and be anti-racist.
1: Okay, I want to read a passage with a question that you posed in the introduction of How to Raise an Anti-Racist. So, quote, We imagine our kids can't be racist, so why teach them about a problem they can't possibly have? We worry that, in any event, racist ideas are too sophisticated for kids to understand. End quote. And further along, you mentioned a parent's tendency to want to shield their children. But there are surely plenty of parents who really want to have anti racist discussions with their children, but maybe the discomfort is holding them back or the fear of explaining it wrong and making mistakes. So, will you talk to us about why we should discuss racism with our kids and why we shouldn't shield them from difficult conversations?
0: Well, I, I think it is important to first acknowledge that it is difficult and it is uncomfortable and there are certain things if if we just even think about it more broadly there are certain topics we are comfortable engaging with our children on and there are other topics that that we're not. I can still remember the day when my parents came into my room and, and told me that my grandma had passed away. I can only imagine how unbelievably hard and uncomfortable it was for my parents to tell me that, to engage me in conversation. So there are a whole host of things that is uncomfortable for us to do, but we also, as parents and teachers, recognize its vital importance. And, and I think as it relates to the issue of race and racism, it is vitally important. And it is vitally important because unfortunately, we live in a in a dangerously racist society. And what that means is our kids. You know, if they're if they're a child of color, chances are they're being told that there's something wrong with them because of their skin color or hair texture. And if they're a white child, chances are there's some there's messages saying to them that there's something right about them <laughs> because of their skin color. And and we have to protect them from that. We have to protect them so they realize. That there's nothing right or wrong about them because of their skin color, about because of their racial group. They're 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 special because they're nice, but they're not special because they're 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 white. And and I think unless we as 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 caregivers teach them this, who who else is going to teach it to them?
1: Yes. So what about the argument of color blindness, as in the statement that a lot of people do use, and they say, "I don't see color."
0: Well, if if you as a if a, if you as a as a as a caregiver do not see color, we I don't have to even argue necessarily with whether you see color, because studies show your child sees color, mm-hmm. right? And 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 studies show as early as three years old, our kids are making connection between skin color, and and behavior. Like you know, we, we have studies that show by three years old, our kids are imagining that people with darker skin are uh, not as nice or are not as clean as kids with other skin color, and so our kids are seeing color, and and our kids are very clear, uh, you know, in in that viewpoint, and and we have to ensure that when they see color, they don't attach those skin colors to positive or negative qualities.
1: So something I loved while reading How to Raise an Anti-Racist was the many suggestions to read diverse books with kids as a way to work toward raising anti-racist children and even greater than that, an anti-racist society. So in some ways, your book felt to me as though it was a love letter to so many beautiful children's books, because I've read, I think, almost every single book that you suggest, and the, the recommendations were incredible. So Will you share your thoughts on the importance of reading books about people of color created by people of color?
0: Well, first, I, I'm a book person and I not only read, of course, adult books, but being the the father of a of a six-year-old girl, you know, of course, I'm 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 constantly reading books to her. So I just have the beautiful opportunity to read a whole host of, you know, of children's books, particularly picture books in the, in the last two years. And, and I, I just think it is difficult for us as caregivers to like, it's difficult for me to have a conversation with my daughter about the challenges that a, a, a girl would face on her first day wearing a hijab. It's, it's difficult for me just in the abstract to have a conversation with my daughter about what it feels like when people are constantly asking you where you're from. It's, it's difficult for me to have a conversation with my daughter in the abstract about uh, how kids who have differently shaped eyes are being told that there's something wrong with them. But if I have a book that tells the story it opens the door for that child to understand what that other person is experiencing and potentially ask questions. And so it just opens the door to learning and and particularly learning about situations that I can't necessarily simulate for my daughter because she's a black girl. She's not a girl who's gonna wear her hijab. She's not an Asian girl. She's not um, you know, an immigrant girl, But but she can read books On children like that and begin to understand their life story so that she doesn't uh, participate in or even hold ideas about them that that other Americans do. And and I think it's just important for us to learn about other people from those other people's perspectives. And the way we do that is through reading books uh, by authors of color. Look,
1: Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. I feel like with everything that's going on in the world, it would be impossible for me not to address the long-standing and severe issue of banning books in schools across the country. It seems completely insane to me that in a country founded on so many freedoms, for example, the First Amendment to the Bill of Rights provides several rights protections, including to express ideas through speech and press. And the Second Amendment protects the right to keep and bear arms. And books, which are an expression of speech, and the people who write them are continually under attack. So since you're an author with, and tell me if I'm wrong, I think you have five titles on banned book lists. Can you speak to why you believe the banning of books is a significant problem?
0: I'm I'm just, I mean, where do we even begin? Because... You know, I, I think that when when you talk to teachers, when you talk to parents, when you talk to educators, when when you talk to, to to people who who love children or love humanity, you know, if you were to ask them, you know, what is something that 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 kids, that young people, that even older people need to 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 be able to, to navigate the world to be able to understand themselves to be able to uh, you know understand other people probably the first thing that people will say are books i mean they're 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 one of the the treasures of our society that everyone has access to and 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 so for me to to imagine that of all the things in, in this country that there's this the their political campaigns to to ban, we're banning books. I mean, it it just really goes to show where this nation has been dragged by people who are committed to building an authoritarian republic, uh, nestled you know in injustice and, and 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 violence and 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 racism and sexism and homophobia. I mean, because when you start banning books, I mean, anything is possible.
1: Yeah. So what about the criticism in in the sense of banning books? We often hear that the criticism is that talking about and reading books about slavery can make white kids feel bad. What do you what do you like what do you say to that criticism?
0: So that criticism is is based on this idea that if we were to 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 teach white children about slavery we would only teach about white people as enslavers. but but last I checked, white people were abolitionists, too. Yeah. And so a child would would be like those those enslavers, hopefully were were wrong, and those abolitionists were right. and they will be able to see themselves in those white abolitionists. They won't feel bad. If anything, they would feel bad about the lingering effects of slavery today, but they're not going to feel bad because they're white. And because they'll see that people like them were on both sides of that struggle.
1: Before we move on from this topic, I, I there was a passage that you wrote in How to Raise an Anti-Racist, and I, I just loved it so much that and my my um I have three kids. My oldest is in eleventh grade, and she was we were sitting side by side reading different books. And I had to stop and I had to read her this quote. And what was really funny is like, you know, I often will be like, oh, Maya, you have to hear me out here. Listen to this. And she'll be like, yeah, 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 mom. And I read this <laughs> quote and she was like, wait, read that again. <laughs> so I, fe- I felt like I wanted to share it here. You said the smartest student is not the student who is the most literate or who knows the most. The smartest student has the greatest desire to know, to know all the facts and perspectives of human life and of the world. As educator and philosopher, and I hope I say this name correctly, Paulo Freire, states, knowledge emerges only through invention and reinvention, through the restless, impatient, continuing, hopeful inquiry human beings pursue in the world, with the world, and with each other. The more our children know, the stronger their foundation to question injustice and unfairness and to protect their own minds from propagandistic lies. Few lies about human life are more dangerous than racist ideas. It certainly like stopped me in my tracks and um, so thank you for writing such a sort of um, thought-provoking book that really just you know, I can't I can't express how much I want every every caregiver to read this. And when you say caregiver, who do you include in that caregiving role?
0: So as I mean, there's a, an old African-American proverb that it takes a, a village to, to raise a child. And to me, everyone who is in that village is is a caregiver of the child from not only the parent, uh, but also the neighbor not only the neighbor but the the coach the librarian you know the teacher the cousin the aunt the grandmother uh, even the person who's walking by on the street i mean you know our children as people know they're like sponges and so the smallest interaction the quickest interaction uh with with a person one time can 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 have an impact you know on them and so all of us who are in any small or large way or who are engaging with with children. We're, We're all caregivers.
1: All right. So since we've touched on the importance of reading a diverse selection of books with kids and sharing those moments between caregiver and child, what or who would you say, beyond what you've already mentioned, drives you and guides you in creating books for children? I
0: think that what guides me is trying to, to to meet children sort of where they are and, and the, the people who are reading the children's books sort of where they are. I want the book to be, the ideas in the book to be accessible and understandable. What sort of moves me, inspires me is that in many ways our children are still clear. Our children still have a, a sense of, of, of right and wrong, and right is indeed right, and wrong is indeed wrong. You know, our, our children still have a sense of fairness and what's fair and unfair. Uh, and, and our children still have have a belief that the world can be transformed, radically transformed. And so for me, being able to engage with, with people who have such a clear sense of of, of justice and injustice, uh, of 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 the potential for transformation is what sort of inspires me to to write books for children.
1: I'd also be curious, just in general because I mean, I would imagine you're a pretty busy guy. You're heading up a lot of research, uh, you know, I'm, I see you on the news, you're writing a lot of books, um, I mean, you have a, a a bunch more for kids coming out within between now and, and even next year. So what's one thing that you do in your day-to-day practices that you think would be the most surprising to listeners? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, let's see. That would be most surprising. I watch sports, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I baseball or you know basketball, or football in particular. I I typically have to answer emails while I'm watching uh, sports, but but yeah, I mean I'm a I'm a big i sports person, and so I, you know I think that that's one thing that that maybe may be surprising to some people.
1: Well. Dr. Kendi, before we go, what impact do you hope how to raise an anti racist has on readers?
0: I really do hope that for caregivers, particularly teachers and, 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 and parents, whether their child is, is 17 years old or eight years old, or they're thinking about having children one day. That this book will be useful to them and could lead to creating an anti-racist sort of environment to nurture their children, which then could nurture a whole new generation of, of people who are being anti-racist. And chances are, if the parent is nurturing the child to be anti-racist, and the child comes of age, chances are they're going to do the same with their children. And so to to I think that's what most excites me about the potential for for how to, to 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 raise an anti-racist, because in many ways it was personal for me. Like I felt like I needed such a book in order to know how I should raise my child, and not in a sort of anecdotal sense, but but particularly based on based on research and scholarship and science. And so being able to provide that to, to, to parents in an accessible way, it's, I also try to make the book as as a quick read as possible. Because <laughs> um, you know, if there's anything we are, it's busy. Uh, you know, I think that's what really excites me the most.
1: On that note, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so honored. And more importantly, thank you for your work and dedication in encouraging us all to step up and raise the next generation of both critical and anti-racist thinkers. Thank you, Dr. Kendi.
0: You're welcome, thank you. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers. Be sure to check out our show notes. You'll find links to order a copy of Dr. Ibram X. Kendi's How to Raise an Anti-Racist. And we've also included links to all of his children's books. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Chromecast, Spotify, or anywhere else you enjoy listening. Just head to your favorite platform and search for The Growing Readers Podcast. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. If you're enjoying our book chats, please leave us a review. And while you're at it, tell a friend to come and have a listen. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of the Children's Book Review. To discover more fantastic books, I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com.